Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Before we begin this episode, I'd just like to shine a light on a tragic incident that happened in recent weeks. The passing of our young sister, Shukri Abdi. Allah yarhamha. May Allah have mercy on her soul. And may Allah have mercy on her family. May Allah give them patience. This is a test from Allah. And verily, Allah only tests the one He loves. Subhanallah, inshaAllah ta'ala, she dies as a shaheed. The Prophet said, The martyrs are five. The one who died from plague, intestinal illness, drowning, building collapse, and the martyr who died striving in the way of Allah. Rawahu al-Bukhari wa Muslim. So inshallah, by the will of Allah, she is a shaheed. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to another episode of Sakasha Talks. I'm your host Jafar and I and I am accompanied by three lovely guests today. Aftah, who you might have seen in many other episodes, Muhammad, who is back from let me not disclose that. And a local lad, Dr. Yugas, doctor being a real life doctor, not a PhD owner. No offense to whoever is a PhD owner. But um how you doing bro? Assalamu alaikum to all of you guys. Uh, thank you for having me. I've listened to one or two of your um, pods, so it's actually good to be here today. Um, yeah, so thank you for the introductions. I think we're all local here, yeah. mm-hmm. um, not just myself. Mm-hmm. Um, probably we all went to the same Duxi, grew up in the same area, um, went to uh, school locally. Um, and yeah, I'm a, a trained neurosurgeon and a doctor in the NHS. And I'm happy to share my thoughts today. Um, yeah, so... Heavy topic today. Um, let's start off with what do you think the local problems are in our community, Somali, Ahan? You know, what do you think we face, pros and cons? In? I think, uh, as Somalis living in, in North London, Tottenham specifically, um, we face quite a few problems, I think, um, and they all feed into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main problems, I think, is that we're a, a um, big juncture in terms of our time here in the UK in terms of um, I, I choosing an identity for ourselves and, and figuring out exactly who we are and where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one issue. Mm-hmm. I think something that plays off that is um, how things are affecting the youth. So in terms of like mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, gang violence, mm-hmm. um, truancy from schools, which leads on to uh, poor employment prospects mm-hmm. and uh, this trap of poverty mm-hmm. where we basically um, are not really progressing or, or, or mobilizing ourselves through the social and um, economic ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these are all problems that um, feed off each other and just exacerbate our current issues. But we're a resilient population and I think we're really good at keeping to the fundamentals. It's just a question of whether we can ride out through this thing. Mm-hmm. I think about it back in the... Uh, bounce off what Dr. 
Dr. Yuga said. Um, one of, which is one of the problems that you mentioned, that was a problem of identity. So maybe just an open question for everyone here. Um, do you think we face, I don't know, the word identity crisis is quite like a, it's quite a big word, but uh, do you think we have, there are issues when it comes to identity? Um, especially for our generation, do we, the way we identify, are there, are there sort of problems or, or not, would you say? Yeah, I think um, the identities, the Somali identity itself is um, at a crossroads. I think previously we could argue that we were sort of monolith, homogeneous uh, country. Mm. But I think now with uh, times changing, um, it's it's difficult to identify as a collective, as one. Um, so you have that recent video after comment on it. Uh, I think she's a singer on... Britain's Got Talent? Yeah. No, I think it was The Voice or something. The Voice. Anyway, she came out and she said that she's Somali. She made a profound statement. She said, I'm Somali, but I'm not a Muslim. Mm. So she's, she's made that differentiation, basically. That, she's that, that, to... that distinction. Mm. And what, what was striking was not because she was coming out, was the comments of support that she was getting. Yeah. That, that was scary. Mm. And I think that's, that just highlights to, to me and probably to you guys mm. as some of the problems that we're having as a Somali community? Um, I think one thing that's important to kind of understand is any identity, whether it's Somali or whatever, is never static. It's a constantly evolving kind of uh, organic process. Um, and it's a question of how the different stakeholders in that process um, put forward their view of what it means to be that particular identity. Yeah, And it's always going to be a struggle. So, for example, had up to post-colonialism uh, period when they were decimated um, and they had, they had a choice to make of how do we move forward and how do we address our, how, our situation. And they broke up into being either a um, materialist and scientific mind and saying that's the way to success and regaining our power in the world. Others said, no, we just need to copy whoever basically brought our downfall, which is the Western um, philosophy. Um, other groups said no, we turn to the east and become communists. And others said no, we need to keep as traditionalists and maintain our Islamic identity and our culture as it was. And we need to go through the struggle. So you will always get people who have a different understanding of what it means to be Arab in that, in that regard. Same thing for us in Somalia. We are at a, um, a juncture where we're in the UK, we're a diaspora community, we're very small. And we're coming through some tough economical times and people are being exposed to new ideas. And that same problem that was happening in the early 20th century is happening today in the Somali community. And it's something that we have to acknowledge. And it's, you don't take anything for granted and say, oh, I'm, I'm of this view and I'm just going to be passive in the process and this will stay uh, strong. It's a question of who is going to make that headway. So this girl on YouTube, she's made her decision she uh, may not give a tawfiq, um, but essentially she's made her decision um, and she's an active mm. uh, member of that process, right? So it's incumbent on all of us to decide what we believe or value to be Somal Nimal and try and push that agenda forward. And that's normal. That's, that's, a, that's a discussion of ideas and, 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 and the best one will prevail. Um, it, it, you mentioned a very good point um, in that um, culture or identity something that orga is organic that it's constantly changing constantly growing with, mm -hmm. with, uh, with time um, a question that I would like to ask or something that's come to mind 
is where do we draw the line when it comes to what is and what isn't Somali law? As in, I accept that, yes, everyone can have their own sort of um, uh, belief or everyone can have their own sort of uh, um, feel about what Somali law is to them. But is there a place or does there come a time where we draw a line and we say, okay, that is too far? Is there is there a line, do you believe, or does this line exist? I feel like, I feel like it's... The reason why I say this, I'm going to say something quite controversial actually, sorry to cut you off there, yeah, is that when, when that girl came out, mm-hmm. we had a lot, a lot of people saying, you cannot be non-Muslim and Somali, basically. And I know that's quite, that's quite a controversial statement, everyone's got their own sort of opinions. So the reason why I'm, uh, why I'm asking this question is, where is the line? For a lot of people, Islam is that line. For others... Yeah, um, it might be different. So, are those, are these nuances or these differences something that you can, you think can be accepted, or we should discuss, or something that we should? Uh, I think it's hard to define. First yes. of all, the definition itself is yeah. so fluid mm. that every single person has a different definition. But I think I agree with what you said. I think Islam is definitely where we draw the boundary, mm. uh, simply because if you look at the country back home, was it ninety nine percent Somali is Muslim. It's probably, so probably it's 100%. 100%. It's probably so it's difficult to make that differentiation where the culture and, and, and the religion has become so intertwined. It's difficult. Once you've, you you leave one aspect of it, you're sort of separating yourself from what, what someone in it is. But the, I feel like the problem that's being caused here in these Western countries is that I do totally agree with you that culture and, 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 and Islam is synonymous in itself in Somalia. However, when you come back to your Western countries or people that have migrated here, the Som- the culture of Somali in itself is not the same as it is back home. So it's something is it's, yeah. it's something that's somewhat been innovated and that's been developed in different people's um, own aspects. So, so you're saying we're, we're, we're a new version of Somalis? Basically, right. Now, if you think Somali. about it, we can't say we have the exact same culture as we do back home. We are... Uh, we haven't. Some people have never been to Somalia, and they're just going off the culture that their parents or the community I, around them I, I, have I built. Think, I think the person, my personal opinion is um, disregarding these type of people is a bit of a lazy approach on our side, mm-hmm. because uh, in the post postmodern world that we live, whether you believe it's fortunate or unfortunate, whatever side you're on, but you will find that there are Somalis who do not identify, and we will find in the future that there will be Somalis who do not identify as Muslim. So the question that we should really be asking is, okay, in the process, the community building process here, and long-term building Somalia back home, how do we deal with these nuances? What are what roles, or what are our roles? How do we deal with this appropriately? Because dismissing them is very, it's a very simple, very simple approach, and it can be done. But is that the, the best approach to have to this? No, I think um, the, the the what we can learn from is the problems that the Christians had sort of 60, 70, 100 years ago, there was a clear attack on religion and has been for the last 120, 200 years. Um, so if we take on that sort of passive role and say, you know what, whatever it is is going to be, mm. then we're going to eventually end up with uh, what we have now, sort of more liberal, secular society where religion is sort of not talked, to, not talked about or even frowned upon. Mm. Uh, so if they're taking an active approach and sort of propelling and sort of propagating this idea of uh, I'm not a Muslim, then on the other side, equally, we need to be as vocal, as sort of um, organised in sort of defeating that. Without that, I think we're, we're, we're doomed. I think, I think there's, when, when we say Somali anymore, mm-hmm. 
there's a ethnic and cultural aspect to it. There's a spiritual, metaphysical aspect to it, um, and uh, and we have to appreciate that in like that whoever whoever we were speaking of, if they say that I'm no longer Muslim, you can't deny that they're ethnically Somali, okay? And I don't think even if Quraysh had people who were non-Muslims. You're not going to tell me that person was no longer Quraysh. They were Quraysh. Yeah? So you can't take away someone's Somali because they've left the deen. What we can say is, you're demarcating yourself in a particular um, uh, 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 group. And every, every system a has a value-based system. Yeah. And in our value-based system of being Somalis who are um, incumbent on the idea that we want to maintain our faith, then there's a demarcation between the two of us. Mm. And we will do what we need to do to make sure that our viewpoint is um, pushed forward and essentially um, go in that space of ideas and make sure that we have a stronghold. Mm. And you do what you need to do. And obviously, we are competitors. Mm. Yeah? I, I think what I would say, I mm. say what would be wrong to do is to say they don't exist. Exactly. Yeah. Or what would be wrong to do is to say you are not Somali. Mm. Because that completely defeats the purpose of ethnic kind of um, hal like, grouping that she will after Sankrata, you know yeah. what I mean? Or like, yeah, but I think it's bigger than that, though. No, but what I'm, no, what I'm saying is that there's a, there's a, do you agree there are people in Quraysh who were not Muslim? Yeah. Were they considered Quraysh or not? They were. So why are we special? I think now because what there, there, there's, there's a clash of ideas. But that's what I'm saying is there's you, a clash you, of ideas, but I had have to, for respect, example, let, let, let me give you uh, an example. Mm hmm. Two Somali people living in a household. Yeah. If they cannot agree on the basic fundamental things of living within one roof, yeah. how can they both be Somali? There's there's a clash. Which is what I'm saying. If one is, is a Christian, for example, yeah. or an atheist, mm. and they want to eat their pork, yeah. and one's a Muslim. Religious tensions. There's tensions I explain that logic to you. Yeah? Yeah. The house is, let's be real, the great British house. Yeah. Mm. Yeah? Um, the two people are a Somali who no longer believes, and a Somali who basically is a believer. Yeah. Yeah? We're still living in British Isles. It's just why I'm now saying is I'm demarcating you from me, mm -hmm. and I am a, the grouping that we're going to have is traditional Somalis. And you are the de nouveau group. You're, you're, you're definitely different to me. What I'm saying is that we have to be different. genuine and we have to be open yeah. and we have to put our cards on the table. No, if, you're, if, you're, if you're saying you, Somali, you are Somali. You're Somali. I'm yes. not going to deny that. It's yes. part that we're going to accept. You're, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a materialist mm. and you are completely juxtaposed to my worldview and we're separate. Mm. So we can live in our two different houses if you like mm. and then it's a, it's a battle of ideas. Mm. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we can't say, oh, erase them from, 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 from your mind. They exist and they're going to be there. The question is, you need to give the other people a clear choice so they know you're completely different. We're mm. not going to play politics and say, oh, um, can we not accept each other's ideas and live in the house called Somali and we can try and do our things where we agree and where we disagree. We kind of... Coexist. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, what you're going to do there is you're going to cause a lot of... Um, yeah, and what you're going to do really is um, um, give up on some of your ideals. Yeah. I think I mentioned something interesting that I want to touch on and you said the comment section. You know what I'm saying? We all love, always love the comment section. Um, a lot of, and I, and I saw the comments, there's a lot, a lot of Somalis um, coming out in support. Um, a lot of them are Muslim, actually. They're Muslim Somalis, but they're supporting the idea that um, such sort of types of people can exist 
and uh, this sort of openness should be celebrated. Celebrated. So, what are your views? Since I don't know what are your guys' views on what does that show? I think personally, it shows uh, yeah, that the the battle lines of what Somali limit is haven't been drawn, and a lot of people, like we said, have have different. Uh, I think views on what Somali limit is. What it does show is mm. there isn't enough being done. Yeah, on our side, yeah, yeah. For in my opinion, honestly, yeah. I think is one of two things. Number one, you, obviously, you got to take in consideration the YouTube comments. There's a yeah. lot of trolls, man. Yeah. A lot of people are just playing yeah, games yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. They're just on a walk to get it. No, but something Secondly, as sensitive no, as that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like even, then, even, even, even the trolls. I used to be a troll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. X troll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's boundaries and limits yeah, to trolling. No, no. And I think that that that. Yeah, and you weren't yeah. a good enough troll then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, and when so it comes to <laughs> when it comes to this trolling thing, bro, you're behind the screen. You can be whoever you want, bro. You can yeah. say whatever maybe you want in the comments. Maybe it's yeah. That's number one. But number two is, I feel like there's a lack of leaders. Mm, leadership. The main aspect, my, my, my one thing that I really, that really like, echoes me is the fact that there are a lot of Somali then, like community-wise, that are, you know, re- religious, you know, go to the mosque yeah. and, you know, your normal layman that's a Somali mm. that uh, uh, does Somali stuff mm. but the people that are followed are these people that are going outside of the box and they're not necessarily Thank going you. outside of the box in a good way Thank so you, these people are who are being followed Thank the you. lack of leaders the leaders that we need are the people that are in our circle mm. and then and, and a lot of people that are following your other people that are coming outside of the box not necessarily for good religious let alone Somali things won't be followed. This girl probably had a following before that. It doesn't matter what she said that day. She could have said I became Jewish. She said, um, what did she say? She said, why does everyone have to go to hell? Just some nonsense yeah, like that. And I people are like, oh my God, I completely agree with you. And to, and to rule the people in, she said, I used to go to the mosque. I used to grab the kitabs and, you know, she's bringing you in. No, I'm like that. I go to the mosque. I used to help my ma'alim. Yeah. And then she said, but when I questioned them, they didn't have answers. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then, she, like, then other girls at home now are thinking the same thing. Basically. The same thing. Yeah. So I, you know, I can I can actually agree with that. I, I think you're right. The one want, and that's, that's a very good point that you've made, is that um, there's definitely there was definitely a vacuum. It definitely existed, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, when uh, you could say, uh, without being too political uh, with the words, but. Conservative, normal conservative Somalis that haven't filled that vacuum, mm-hmm. others will fill that vacuum automatically. Mm-hmm. And we've been definitely too passive for too long. And this comes back to identity. And unfortunately, and this is from a religious aspect, a lot of Somalis have been made to feel guilty that they're Somali. So they believe that you cannot be a practicing conservative Muslim and also be uh, uh, not sort of nationalistic, but a, uh, someone who loves their country, who's, who's, yeah, exactly, yeah, that you need to be. So a lot of Somalis believe, unfortunately, like I, like I said, that you, the two can't mix together. So you'd see him, he's very involved in other communities, other community issues. He's involved with the Asian community quite heavily, and I'm not for embarrassed to say that at all. He's, in, he's wasting his time with issues that don't affect the Somali community. Because he believes that this is Islam. Such as? Example, uh, you have a lot of people who spend hours and hours and hours speaking about Saudi politics. Between sheikhs and that, and this this happened to that sheikh, and this sheikh said this, and this sheikh said that. On a, uh, talking about political issues, not even mm-hmm. religious issues. They're religious issues, fair enough, but political issues. 
um, perfect example of that, for example, is uh, these Arab Springs, for example. The Arab Spring, in all honesty, the Somali in North London, it doesn't affect him in any way, shape or form. So for us to be wasting our hours and our days on days speaking about these issues, it's it's unfortunate. So I think reeling in the Somali identity and defining it and making it clear that yes, you can be a practicing conservative, quote unquote, um, Salafi if you want, or whatever type of Muslim, mm. and at the same time be very involved in your local community, be very involved in your local issues, and in fact that's what Islam teaches you to do. It teaches you to be involved in your locality before you think globally. Mm. So I think that's a, 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 a very important thing that uh, Jacqueline mentioned. Yeah. Mm. I think, um, like, I, I think universities are, is a really important junction in many people's lives, and like studies are saying, fifty percent of people are going to university. I'm sure Somalis are almost hitting that target, mm. um, and you get exposed to loads of different ideas at university. Um, and people that are picking up different identities and, and ways they want to think. And I mean, like that girl you're saying who's asking some important metaphysical questions, and those are questions that come to everyone. Clearly, at an important point in her life, someone was not able to give her the correct answer. She didn't receive yeah? the right support. Yeah, and that says that the way we equip our um, children before they go into the wider community, university and areas of the, of, of the wider world where they'll be infused with a lot of rich ideas and presented with those ideas, um, we haven't mm. kind of helped them. Mm. We haven't equipped them. Mm. And who do you think responsibility is that? And, uh, I think Mahalaha, I mean, ultimate responsibility lies with the parents. Luckily, Mahalaha, the masjids also have a role to play in that. Um, and those are the two traditional stakeholders that traditional religious Somalis would look towards. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I don't think there's been a sea change in the way we teach kids at mosque. It's the same standard way that in Hadaha you come in, and then you kick. And there's no real connect between the metaphysical questions you get asked in school about um, why is everyone going to hell or is there a God or this or this or this these are these are fundamental questions that are in the Quran and, and it gets answered all the time yeah um, but we don't connect that there's a massive disconnect so kids don't connect the dots when they go to school and they think wow I'm getting asked these questions and a lot of them will struggle with their deen through that and like, inshallah Allah kind of um, guides them but these are really important issues and we have to ask ourselves in the mosque do we have a curriculum that will help kids um, navigate these problems yeah, very clearly. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's very evident that Somali, if Somali masajid, even though they have done a good job in many, many things, but in this aspect, mm. we we are failing at the moment, and uh, we don't have a set curriculum to deal with these issues. Like you said, mm. the, the Duxi system is a very uh, sort of stagnant sort of system where you like you say you come in, you read your Quran, you go home. Mm. There is no connection between that and reality. So a kid is reading the Quran in Arabic in language he doesn't understand. There is no explanation. Mm-hmm. There is no, and unfortunately, the teachers themselves, and this is the reality. This is not me throwing shade at anyone, but it's just what we live at and the reality that we're living. The teachers themselves aren't equipped to provide those tools to the kids. Questions, for example, on atheism or on uh, uh, liberalism, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Are, a lot of these teachers themselves aren't very uh, clued up on these issues for yeah. them to be providing. So uh, you necessarily, you can't point the finger at them. Then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't think they've been set up for failure. I think they've done like, a very good job. Yeah. A no, very, very good. No, they've been set up to. I think. I think. I think it depends who you're. Who you're. If you're. If you're saying 
historically, like for example, our local mosque um, or, or any surrounding mosque played an absolute blind day making sure they established a mosque in the 1990s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. I think is a remarkable thing and yep. something that they get due credit for mm-hmm. as yeah. leaders of the community. Because that's, that's the role they assume. Hats off to the Hoyas, though. The Hoyas up to today, oh yeah, exactly. Mamunko, Dahabko, the EVN, I get that. If you look at the teachers in this class teaching kids the, the, the Quran how to pray, also they get credit. Up to this day, they will get credit. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is the leadership during that period have not had their ear to the floor and haven't really got a sense of the um, currents in terms of the changes that were occurring. And they haven't um, got together as mosques and decided, you know what, we need to address X, Y and Z. They haven't done that. But I, I don't, and, and now what, what's happening is we're suffering because kids that have gone through the Duxi are on road. I'll tell you why. I don't think you could point the finger at them. Why? Wholeheartedly. Why? Because they've done a job. They've done a very good job. As you said, they established sort of 90s, done a very good job, teach the kids Quran, Hadith, you name it, up until what, 16, 17. This is... So the Ma'alin now, let's just say, is about 50. No, but he's split, not in tune. Split the twos. I'm not talking about Mali into in the. Okay, I'm even, about the even the leaders, so. even the leaders in the community. Yeah. Unless you're within that sphere, yeah. it's difficult to be in tune with the current climate. But is well, it, so the responsibility have, yeah. is not on the 50 year old trustee sitting on the table. Mm-hmm. It's the 30 year old that's clued up, knows what he's doing in the community. That's not giving his two cents to the Malamin mm-hmm. and the and the trustees. Yeah, but that's, no, that's no. another issue right there. As well. I think that's no, no, I think. You have to be very clear. Yeah. There's a duty of care the person who's a trustee has. I don't care if you're 60. 100%. If you know you don't have the skill set, you bring in someone that has that skill set. Okay? But the people but with the skill set are shying away from responsibility. No, let let's be honest. But people, no, but let's be honest. People in that position, I don't know what conversation has been had between yeah. these 30-year-olds and these um, Malians. Yeah. It may be demands were made that could not be met and they were parted ways. However, what I do know is, Mahadaha. If you're in a leadership position where you're mm. a trustee or you're a, or, or you're on the committee, then you owe a duty of care. And if you know you can't meet that duty of care, then you bring people in, even if it means I lose power. Yeah. The I question agree. is, are people willing to make that transition? And I don't. It's think... up to them. I'm not sure. But however, what I do know is what's going on on the ground. Yeah. People who finish Duxi are in gangs. People who finish Duxi Crisis are having face. mental health issues. Crisis of how to how, Yeah. Crisis of faith are are are, are jobless. Um, not a single um, halaha, um, the, some, the resources, the Somali mosque across North London, forget about the whole UK, just North mm. London have at their disposal is immense. Why have they not got together and hired one halaha, um certified youth worker to work across all three? Give them 30 grand, work across three you know, um, halaha, more patch areas, get in communication Book with the schools, houses, yeah. uh, get a list of high risk kids easy to and say. provide. No, what I'm saying it's, I know what you mean. No, let me finish. Resources are abundant. No, so what I'm saying is if yeah. three mosques put together funding, to, yeah. that's 10k per, per mosque for the whole year, to give one person 30 grand salary to do that job, mm. they would do that job. There are people out there who have years of experience who could fill that role. Where? Yeah? Where? You can and, and that's the question. Listen, I've, where? Been, I've been to. Who are events. these leaders we're no, talking no, 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 about? These leaders. hypothetical no, no, leaders no, no, that, we're talking about, that have the resources, have the, the skill no, set, but they're not stepping up. No, no, I'm not saying they're leaders. What I'm saying is. You are the leader, so. you put together a project between three mosques, you put together a pay packet and you get someone who has skills. Not necessarily a leader, yeah. but someone who's a worker who can fill the role of community organiser or community liaison officer for all the at-risk kids and liaises between the schools, the teachers, the families, the duxi, and has those kids on his books or her books. Yeah, that's not a lead. That's not, That person's not a leader. That person is a, a job, skilled yeah. worker. Of course. They're not doing that. 
Why are they not had a hard, um, a lot They're of, badly a lot, advised, ill-informed, but people are not telling them this. We're speaking no, about a on Somalis, a pod, a lot of but Somalis. how many of you sitting in this room yeah. have approached trustees at a mosque? It's not fair It's not fair to to, to, to say how, how people have approached them. All I do know is yeah. these have been laid out the door before and it's not been answered. Yeah. And the continues continue. Yeah. The problems yeah. continue. I, 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 I think the blame is at both both ends. It's difficult to pin it down to them. How can we take responsibility? Yeah. When, because you know you the issues of the community. You can, know the issues of the community. Yes, but how can we take responsibility yeah. when these organizations are not willing to hand over any piece of power or any piece of... No, that's a different case. That's a different case. If you've done your part, you've done your part. But the, problem, the, problem is, the problem is will continue though. And that's the most important thing. Okay, fair. I, I've done my part. I might have approached Mr. Ajahn and yeah. spoken to him about these issues. Yeah. And if they've refused and they've said, no, yes, I've done my part. And then the you continue, the problem still continues. Yeah. So what, what, what can we do? That's the issue. You set up your own organisation that tackles these problems. So What's stopping you? Oprah, 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 Oprah. Not a masjid. It doesn't have to be a masjid per se because yeah. he's not doing the stuff the masjid yeah. normally does. It's beyond the remit of a masjid. I think that's, I think that's yeah. a fair point. People who are proponents of an alternative view, if the mosque is not taking it on board, it's incumbent upon them to kind of set up their own initiative. I agree with that, yeah? Yeah. And hopefully that will happen. But I'm not just identifying the mosque. I'm just saying they're the, one of the main stakeholders. I'm of also course. saying that the family, the, 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 the households, have a huge issue as well. Mm-hmm. That there are parents who are having kids who, I, uh, like... I don't feel like they have an understanding of really, yeah. of of parenting in in in, in today's world. That honestly, it's like true. They, they don't, they, they, and they it's use, a bit they, odd. They're using they're, they're using the same template that they were raised template, with yeah. back home. No, but here's the well. no, here's the odd thing though. Mm. When I was at school, yeah, every single Somali parents were recent arrivals. Yeah. Okay. They weren't. They weren't like first, second generation. Very, very few. Yeah. Yeah. But the kids at school today have at least one parent who was in my class back in the day. And therefore, for all intents purposes, up for generation 1.5 or at least generation 2.0. Mm. Okay? So you should be clued up in terms of what society is like and you've been to school. And it's, it's, So are you saying they're still facing the same parenting problems? The hardest thing is to rear a child. Mm. Okay? You need, a, you need a license to go fishing. But you don't need a license to have a kid. Mm. We don't educate parents. We don't have a class where we say, you know what, there's a parenting class, you need to come. They will take an affront to that. So well, we're well, trying to teach would, would you. Would you think specifically that we're lacking in what areas? No, no, I'm not saying parenting. we as Somali specific. I think mm. all lower socioeconomic groups suffer from this. Is lack of education. Mm. You don't know what's required of the kid. You're not aware of what their social um, media footprint is. Mm. You don't have a working relationship with a school. Mm. You don't sit down with a child from a young age and teach them stuff. You put them in front of the TV and the TV is the delegated uh, 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 um, carer for the child. Mm. Um, And like, for example, when I come back from work on 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 a weekend and I'm heading home in the morning, I'll see like middle class, generally white or upper or Asian families with their kids going to the town or going to Mahalaha, um, a library or whatever, mm. I can tell they're going there because they're telling their kids that. But even whilst they're sitting in the London Underground um, tube, they'll be asking the kids, which direction are we going in? What colour is that line? It's, it's almost an educative experience just going to the place where you're going to learn. Mm. How many of us have those kind of discussions with our young kids? Not many. Mm. That's where the problem is. Outcomes of like but we don't we don't we don't value that sort of thing. Yeah, but outcomes. Let's be honest. Adult, we don't value that sort adult, of thing. As yeah. an adult, in terms of your future earnings mm-hmm. and your position, yeah. is 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 there studies? I don't know, I'll try and give you guys the link or whatever. But essentially, is it's based upon 
your your level of how your vocab level at nursery to 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 have a reception mm-hmm. just before going into year three. That that's that's the key stage. But I feel like and, the, and, and the gap gonna, and the gap just the extends beyond that. Beyond that, the gap just widens. Who's who's going to teach the parents then? Because there's no there's no footprint. There's no plan but, that has been built. Yeah, because we've just been thrown in the deep end. Yeah, so generation we, before so again, so we've made I, good developments. I'm not at the same time. No, we have sense. And props to them. I think we've made very good developments. No, I'm saying the second generation that do have kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to say that we're an abject failure. I mean, mm. As I said at the beginning, we're a resilient population. We're really good. We know our basics, yeah? What I'm saying is, and we've done some really good stuff, the question is how do you move forward? And I'm focusing on ways we can improve things, mm-hmm. yeah? So like certain mosques always do nikah for, for, for young couples, mm-hmm. okay? Before you get nikah from this mosque, We'd like you to book yourself onto a six-week program. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Just to understand marital um, relations, certain things going on in the community, mm-hmm. um, how to raise kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Just basic stuff. So, And if you're really interested, here's a, here's a, here's a course once you get pregnant. Or how to, I worked in the GP just around the corner once when I was a student, um, the Jewish community in Stop Newington. Mm-hmm. They actually have a, as soon as a woman has a kid, and before she goes home, because you're discharged the same day nowadays in NHS in terms of early recovery. Um, she's going home to like six, seven kids. So she doesn't go straight home. She goes to a nursery where they look after the child in a, in, in a nursery and she has a room where she chills out for a whole 10 days. She's fully charged before she goes back home. Yeah? These are the kind of little things that their community have put in place to kind of like um, ease the transition for people in between milestones. Mm-hmm. Yeah? We don't have that kind of structure, and I think that's what we need to focus on. How how do we produce these kind of structures? Though? Yeah. How as a as a, as a as a whole? I think it, 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 we, there we, are we, many we, things, not just marriage alone. <coughs> but there are many things that obviously as a community need to be, you know, reconstructed. But how how do we? Obviously, that comes from leaders, in my opinion. So the main question here is, how do we mm. produce leaders? I'm it's not, not, I don't think it's just leaders, man. I think that's, that's an easy one because a lot of people want to dodge responsibility and say, you know what, well, I'm not a leader. Let's look for the passive, leader. Passive, Very passive. Yeah. But I think everyone has their own responsibility to do something. Uh, and as you said, how can we build these structures and infrastructures so we can help people out? I think it's, it starts off small. Bring an initiative. Mm-hmm. We work on that. Mm-hmm. And from that initiative, something else will be born. Mm-hmm. And from that, it will just keep on going. Yeah. But it's, it's not... Let's, let's, it's, let's, I think it's personal responsibility. That's the most important thing you mentioned. Yeah. That everyone needs to uh, be responsible for what's happening. Mm-hmm. We, we keep pointing the finger... That's 100% right. We keep pointing the finger saying, well, we haven't got leaders. It's his fault. It's their fault. If as a community or as individuals, everybody took responsibility for the problems that are, we're facing, I think things will, things will change drastically. I genuinely believe that would be difficult though because a lot of... No offense to us Somalis, but a lot of Somalis are just like cheaps, bro. They just follow people. They don't want to point the finger at themselves. They'd rather point at someone else. But when they see someone moving mountains, making a difference, they'll by all means they'll follow them. But like, but like, bro, in Somalia, I think my someone was telling me the other day in Somalia there was there's um just it's just it's culturally how yeah, you can see the differences. Well, yeah, what I was saying is back in Somalia, just to show the, you could say, cultural difference, is um, there's a shaka amal, let's just call it in Nigeria. I can't remember exactly what the person said, but there was diasporas that, that are working there, coming nine, 
leaving at five o'clock on the head. However, you got another Somali guy, local areas. Twelve o'clock comes into Shaka, Shahi Suaba, and he's telling the guy that's leaving four thirty, five o'clock on the head. Renewal no sajub, Yehudis kibigin. The difference, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. What's the Jewish mentality? So. Yeah, but that's just cultural norms, though. If, 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 for example, someone from Somalia came here and they saw fifty brothers standing uh, on the strip, where you have been hiding? See what's wrong with these guys? You know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's how you perceive things in this in, in the areas that you're in and where you're brought up. That yeah, guy, he, he, that's wrong, though, bro. You should not be coming if you're nine, like nine o'clock. I shakal gara, but twelve o'clock, I saw gala. This is something that's embedded this, in this, bro. I think, I think, cultures have that. Even Arabs, like, the Arab countries have. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying because it's Somalis. Is what, what I'm saying is, we have to look at ourselves first. Yeah, we need to happen, fix yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. These so many, kind of so many, fundamental so many things. Wrongs with that guy's behind the heart statement. Like any, <laughs> you're not even cognizant the idea that you're coming in late. Yet you're holding someone back from going on time when they've been on the shift for about four hours longer than you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think that's... Uh, another, another thing that we should speak for, we spoke about the massages paradox. I think the massages are at least being quite honest in their work. Mm. I don't think there are any massages, so from what I know, that are profiting from the community mm. or making big profits from the community. Yes, there are costs to running the mosque, paying staff, so on and so forth. But they aren't profiting. Mm-hmm. However, there are Somali organizations who are getting funded, huge government funding, mm-hmm. uh, 60, 70, 80,000 pounds at a time. Yet, we as a community have no idea where that money is going. We don't know any projects that have taken place, any initiatives that have taken place. I'll mention a quick story um, without mentioning, naming, or shaming anyone. There was a community, uh, sort of community project that were that were claiming uh, big funds from, from the government, 50, 60,000 plus on a yearly basis. Um, and as it is with funding, you need to justify the funding. So every six months there's some sort of meeting that takes place or you have to take the uh, the government officials to the places where you're holding these youth events so on and so forth. These people would rent out football pitches maybe two, three weeks prior to um, the official coming and maybe two, three weeks after they come. So that, that six-week period, they would run out like four or five football pitches, take some nice pictures, put it on their website. Other than that, the rest of the money, no one knows. Mm. Nobody knows where that money's gone. Now, yes, you could say uh, they could they could say yes for putting it into maybe research or things that you guys don't see. But for how, for how much money does that cost? <laughs> how much money does that cost? That's the real question. I think for far too long uh, we've been silent on uh, some of the main issues in the community and I think one of the biggest stakeholders in the community is the Somali community people that brand themselves as Somali uh, communities as representatives Um, and we've been silent on what their activities are we're not really investigative in terms of what are they doing how they're spending that money Uh, you should hold them to account because that's our money exactly This this is money they've taken on your name they've taken money on your name not specifically Jafar but on the name of Somali youth, on the name of uh, the Somali people, on the name of Somali unemployment, all these things. And if you're unemployed or you're Somali youth, you need to take responsibility and say, what are you doing with that money? Where is that money going? And why why have they not been addressed? It's, 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 it's a key problem in the community. And I think it's, it's high time, it's due time we start naming and shaming these people. 100%. Because the question is, how can it be that 
um, I'll give you uh, football was a perfect example. Masajid, who are very very strapped for cash. I think a Somali, I don't think there's any Somali masjid that is you could say profiting. They're very mm. strapped for cash. Mm. We have Somali masajid who are raising donations from mothers in the community and 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 youth in the community five pound a month, seven pound a month, ten pound a month, just so they can pay for youth activity, just so they can mm. buy a table, tennis table, or just so they can. Uh, um, organize weekly football and rent the football pitch out. So, so we have these people struggling. On the other side, we have people who are taking big, big, big money 50, 60, 70, 80, 90,000 pounds on a yearly basis. Okay, fair enough. How many people are you going to, uh, you need to employ? One or two people, fair enough. Mm. Where's the rest of the money? We need to question that. Where, where, where's it going? I think, Mahalha, yes, the money is being given by government to these community members and it's been extracted on our behalf essentially and maybe they're not providing a service like you know what i would say is 70 80 90 grand is not a lot of money no, i've seen more i've seen more no no, no, what I'm, no what i'm saying is just in terms of just having an outfit it costs yeah. about 10 grand to have rent a, a place a space for just a certain number of hours per week no but yeah. what, what what happens is the local council yeah. will subsidize, we'll subsidize it. i get that, that i get that, that. but still or that, even pay the grand. full amount yeah, yeah pay, fine. pay the full but, amount but fine but what i'm saying is like a salary that has to be what I'm trying to say is mm. the money that's being handed out is a drop in the ocean in terms of what you would like to achieve for your mm. community. Okay? So I'm not interested in government funding for that reason. It's pittance. Yeah? Um, secondly, if you take government-funded money, especially from Haldaha, um, from like the Prevent or, 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 or Haldaha, Building a Stronger Community Together Fund, um, um they dilute your values because yeah, the idea would be like you can do you can give you the money yes do your thing but you also need to prevent um, not prevent but promote these mm, ideas values, which yeah. I, I wasn't even really doing that so mm-hmm. what's the point and what are these values that I'm promoting so mm-hmm. it dilutes that and it brings us an idea that us as the community are um, should be surveillanced because that's what's going to happen books mm-hmm. are going to be kept who came who what happened do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're also buying into the idea that we as a group are dangerous. Sub, uh, are, 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 dangerous segment of society. Yeah, yeah we, we, we are predisposed to dangerous ideas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? And we don't have a safe space to kind of explore ideas and, and talk about things. Mm-hmm. So, you think, so you're, you're so think, saying the mischief is a much uh, um, safer option. No, no what, I'm saying, no, is, what I'm saying is that naming and shaming campaign, I don't think will pay dividends. One, those people have already decided to take funding... For, if it's taken from those groups I've just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, are basically diluted their views anyway. And so they wouldn't really be um, resp- uh, uh, um, sensitive to your kind of naming and shaming. Two, um, the money that they've taken isn't really going to change the world. Yeah, And that's the whole idea. You don't give enough to change the world. I just want to keep you where you are in a sense. Yeah, um, And so there's no, there's, there's no time-wasting energy. If you want to affect change and you want to do this mahalaha, um, uh, um, programs... The funding has to be from in-house. People who are saying they want to affect change. That's, that's a major. That's another major issue in the Somali community. No, but, no, but what? what, what I'm but, saying that you have to pay if you believe you pay. So, no, and that's where you get your independence, and that's where you, you can target your funding in a way that that, that makes sense. But I think the artist responsibility. But, These people are, are supposedly representing us. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's not even about the money. It's not about the money. It's, it's what it's you like said before. Is what yeah. you said before because yeah. you're not filling that um, uh, that that space yeah. and being the recognised source of funding for events and whatnot. Right. There's a vacuum, and people who don't really have your best interest at heart fill that vacuum and take government funding. 
So by you attacking them, it's not really solving the problem. You can undercut them by building respected and established sources of funding within the community. All of a sudden, people are like I don't, you don't, you these organizations that are fossil organizations don't 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 attract any respect or any kind of um, have us, um, people towards them. I just don't see. You could. I, I, I don't think it's fair for someone to benefit on on, on your behalf. I appreciate that, but twenty percent. But at the same time, I'm not advocating for us to open up community yeah. uh, initiatives yeah. to take funding. Yeah, that's that's not I the point. Yeah, I think local. So what would be? So if you're not if you're not going to compete with them to get that funding, yes, um, and you're focused on attracting funding from other sources in house to build their capacity, yes, um, they will die a natural death. So why do you need to go attack them? If they're gonna die a natural death, then let them die. <laughs> yeah. my so sole purpose is for them to die. Yeah. They, yeah. No, they no. need. They need you, do, you do it through I don't know, I, I, organizations, not people to die. Of course. What I mean is, <laughs> of course, disclaimer. Well, no, no. Uh-huh. What I, but what I'm saying is, um, why waste your energy? That's exactly what people want you to do. But I think, well, no, we, I, th- I think we, it's we, necessary. We about problems. We, we, you could publish a report and say, here's the organization within the community that they're funding. Can they please explain themselves and we'll attend your AGM. End of story. Of course. Um, but beyond that, I, I really don't know. I, he, I think he's more talking about the, uh, the community put pressure on these people, if anything. Yeah. We'd start investigating what exactly is happening because it's, from a simple, simply moral perspective, it's not fair that they're benefiting um, and not giving anything back to the community. Yes, we don't want government funding. Yes, uh, things should be funded locally. But, I think these type of individuals, these organizations, there should be some sort of pressure or something. When like I that. say government funding, I don't mean all government funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Like stuff that you're yeah, legitimately yeah. entitled yeah, yeah, yeah. to, like um, educational f- um, funds or community yeah. funds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean is that like, the ones that yeah, come yeah, yeah. with Question marks, yeah. yeah. Attachments and stuff. But you raise another issue, I think. Uh, you said if we want to buy into the idea or we want to build infrastructure, we need to invest in it. How do we invest when majority, if not a lot of the people in the community are either poverty-stricken or just about making ends meet? I think how, how, I, I want everyone to contribute what they can contribute. Mm-hmm. So uh, 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 a guy who's a, who's a taxi driver who's got five kids who's just earning enough to keep his family stable, do that. Yep. Yeah, Just maintain your household. That's, is, your, is, that's your contribution is, to society. Isn't that the common theme? No, that's your com- that, but that's your contribution to society. So, to make a change, you don't need everyone to do it. You first you need like the... The the, the 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 innovators and and and, and the pioneers and the pioneers to kind of make a change, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that what we need to understand as a Somali community is understand how local government works, how policy is is actually brought to effect in the local community. That's where I live. That's what I want to know about. And so us Somalis who have been fortunate enough to be given opportunities and you've taken advantage of the communities and you now basically have a professional role. You need to start thinking outside the box and say, okay, fine, I want to sit on a school, um, as a school governor, find out how school policy is changing, what are the trends. I want to sit on them, how, how the local hospitals, how the trusteeship, so I understand how healthcare provision is going to be affected, what are the changes that are taking place, and how can I affect that. That you how to, um, go to um, local government and all the councillors know you by name and you're kind of scrutinising them on a daily basis. Each one of them gets in with 1,200 seats, 1,200 votes. I'm damn sure more than that comes to this Juma prayer on a weekly basis. Of course. Yeah? So it's a question of trying to make sure everyone's on the register and say, okay, cool, we have a constituency here, you are our representatives, and you need to come and make some points to us to tell us how you are going to make our life better. And that's something that we're not doing. 
We're not doing it at all. Mm, and, 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 the, and the ones that do get into politics, I'm not naming names, and a lot of them have good intentions. But generally, what I feel is that like, if you get in to become a, 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 a governor or a, um, a councillor or whatever it is, generally speaking, you're doing that because you've gone through the, the normal system, yeah, parliamentary system. You've now been not co-opted, but essentially you're just a pawn in a much bigger game. And therefore, you don't have a lot of... Um, leverage or power to affect change for the, your local policies, your local community. What you're there to do is uh, drive their political agenda for your um, new benefactors, which is the political uh, machinery. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And the question, so therefore I'm not interested in even going in that. What I'm saying is that, no, we have a stakeholder in the local community, we are registered, and we want you, whoever you are, I'm not going to run for the councillor, but you have to make a recession to us to tell us how you basically um, uh, 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 will earn our vote that's a, that's a very valid point I think but how do we mobilise some of the community to, to think that way because for example David Lamb every now and again when he's um, running for local MP he comes to the Friday prayer yeah. gets on the mic and says vote for me Yeah, some of the community blindly yeah. go and cast their vote for David yeah. Lammy because, because he came to the mosque because he came to the mosque yeah but, but, but what I'm saying is David Lammy is is a big fish. I, I don't think we can compete with that. No, I'm no, saying, I'm, I'm not saying we compete with him. Yeah, no. but the idea of holding someone accountable yeah. Yeah. is non-existent in the yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. We'll, we'll cast our vote and we we'll do it's our job. Well, no one's asking the why. Is so but what I'm saying is, we well, need to focus on local government and Sorry. local institutions. I'm not, I don't care about David Lammy. Um, for all intents and purposes, he's doing a decent job, and he continues to do that. And we won't really change that because of the number of votes he gets. What we can change is local schools, local hospitals, local and government, and and those people are people who are within our earshot that we need to be influencing. Mm. I, That's interesting. Li- li- and if li- you influence those people, then you can affect real policy changes that are taking place on the ground that affect your day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah? David Lammy, national government, that's all a whole kettle of fish. That, uh, I'm not ready to play that game. We'll leave it on that note for you guys to have a think about, inshallah ta'ala. I'd like to give a big thank you to Dr. Yugas for coming on as our special guest. I'd also like to thank Abd Fatah and Mohammed for coming on again. Inshallah, let us know what you think about the episode. Give us your feedback. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs> Hey, man.